0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Ground Game LA podcast. This is your host Bo Delight, and I'm here today with my friend Scott and a friend in the background, Chevelle.
1: Hey, everybody, just sitting here enjoying everyone. <laughs>
0: so Chevelle won't be as clear as Scott and I, but uh, we're happy to have we're happy to have him here.
1: Hey there.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Scott. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself? Who who are you? What do you do? Why are you here?
2: <laughs> Why am I here? I've been following Ground Game LA for a little while on social media. Um, I'm a grassroots organizer myself, right? And I have a podcast series that I is about to air here in LA, challenging the stereotypes around homelessness. Hell yeah. Uh, sponsored by A Million Drops um, at 1711 North Van s on the corner of Van S and Hollywood Boulevard, right by the freeway. Uh, I recorded about... 70 podcasts back in Oregon with a radio station called kciw.org and we did all sorts of topics, right? And Mm -hmm. I was thinking it was going to be a gardening show at first because I'm a community (laughs) gardening organizer and I was like funk with gardening! I thought that would be clever it's a bad joke. Nobody really got it. I was having to explain like what this theoretical show was going to be like and it turned out like what the real theme about like what I was doing and collaboration and stuff was like volunteering and Mm -hmm. like this idea of showing up and being present and like how how do i as scott use my gifts and what i have and the privileges that i have and the things that i've been afforded to give out into the world and Mm -hmm. give myself right i'm discovering that that's so much of like why i'm here yeah um yeah so i do a lot of like organizing actually today i was just at an la care Region Four Advisory Council meeting uh, with Rachel Rose Lucky. Hey, yeah, she's the vice chair. Yes, I love (laughs) Rachel too. We we had a great conversation about the social determinants of health there today, and uh, folks who are LGBTQ and why the healthcare disparities in that community matter, just like everyone's, you know, needs with healthcare and mental health and all of that Mm -hmm. matters. And after listening to that podcast with you and is Brittany
0: Brittany Scott. Yeah, Brittany
2: Scott. Oh my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) I was i was so moved you know having having attended like one of the community meetings and not knowing like how it came up and like i was i was like in tears in that meeting right like i'm talking about like 4118 yeah and you know just hearing this and you know knowing that i was in a room full of like what appeared to be like people who were housed you know mm-hmm. with um and you know being someone who's surviving homelessness having people speak so real and so authentic and with so much passion and showing up in their busy lives because Mm -hmm. they've all got, like, full-time careers and busy, you know, they're all busy people, right? right? And they're showing up and they're, like, caring like I'm caring, but, like, Mm -hmm. they just have a lot more resources than I do and it was just, like, so touching and then to hear, like how the community meeting here like started like with people like just needing community and needing connection right? yeah. because that's so like whether it's homelessness or people who are LGBTQ or you know whatever we're you know poverty um, it's that like I can speak for my own intersectionalities it's that connection that we need it's that like face-to-face communication like in this the solidarity solidarity. of like
0: looking at somebody in the eyes like i'm doing to you right now that our listeners can't understand (sighs) (laughs) because like we're just talking to each other but like like you do feel that connection it's almost like this weird like donnie darko like the wormhole through the chest type of thing where it's like we're connected don't know
2: what donnie darko is but that's
0: that's okay fine you should watch it i should Um. watch it But, yeah, it's just, like, this weird, like, wormhole thing that connects us. And okay. it's, like, as soon as you look somebody in the eyes and you're, like, you're having a conversation with them yeah. and you're listening to them, you're actively listening mm-hmm. to them. And you, are experi- you like, feel a shared experience and a shared emotion, like, in that moment. And there's nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing like it.
2: And people crave that. Yeah. You know, whether it's listening to other people in community or, you know, listening to podcasts or... Conversations with folks. It's that like being present with with people, mm-hmm. and people are asking. You know, now Chevelle is one of the reason why Chevelle is here is Chevelle is just learning about podcasting himself. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <Either> <laughs> I know. Here I am. Did you do that cough, everybody? Choking <laughs> <laughs> you know, on my sandwich I just had. So uh, he's here. So I, cool.
2: Chevelle, um, Chevelle is a participant in the class that I've been facilitating. Had a million drops we have a mm-hmm. podcasting workshop We're about in week about eight i think and it's been really interesting because she- chevelle's one of the people that's shown up every week mm-hmm. and i'm just really identifying like with how much of a sponge i was like when i started learning about this <laughs> and i started learning like the potentials because i'm getting a lot of questions like joe rogan's coming up and howard stern's <laughs> coming up and all these really famous people and i'm like yeah is there's people just like us, yeah, like wanting to podcast about things that we're doing, and it's not about money, and it's no. not not that that's bad, right? That's right. not that's not bad. That's real. But a lot of the people that are podcasting, it's like a supplement to something else that they're like. This is a supplement to my activism,
1: yeah. You know, same. storytelling
2: is a supplement to like who I am in the world, which is like these one-on-one conversations that I mm-hmm. have. That and I hate the word empower. So <laughs> let me interrupt myself. It's not empowering. There's something about that listening that empathy that connection yeah. that sends people out into the world with a newfound confidence and hope and ability then to go and engage other people in the same way yeah. outside of the recorded space yeah that's why Abs-
0: absolutely heck yeah and um just to go back to some of the the organizations that that you had mentioned before yeah. um a million drops
2: a million drops a Milliondrops.org. A million million yeah
0: what what exactly do they do
2: a Million Drops is a uh, creative learning space for uh, young people and ad- adults who are surviving homelessness or experiencing mm-hmm. homelessness. Uh, we have gardening classes. We have uh, improv acting class. Uh, there's the podcasting class. We have mm-hmm. a storytelling class uh, for about six months. Thank you, Beowulf mm-hmm. Jones. Um, we have uh, like a life wealth, like... Um, I don't know, like a, almost like a life coaching is kind mm-hmm. of what um, Greg Johnson does with the um, the Love Foundation. He's really awesome. Uh, there's been some anger management stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. people who are surviving homelessness can end up with a lot of like, there's a lot of trauma when you don't have access Absolutely. to services that you need that are really basic survival things. Like,
0: yeah,
2: anyway. Yeah.
0: That's like a whole, public restrooms.
2: Yeah. Public restrooms, yeah. Uh, a place to sleep, a place to sit down.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. So anyway, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems. I've been learning a lot about that. And just nice. being present with people who are, you know, on high alert a lot yeah. and don't have the chance to. So when they do have a chance to relax, you know, being patient with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've had a lot of newcomers coming in and out from the podcasting class. But that's kind of what it is to be with any population, right? With the community mm-hmm. meeting, you all even talk about that. Like some weeks, some people can come and some people don't come certain weeks. And it's just yeah. it's this. Community space for people and that's what a million drops really is is like there's food there as well like for the people like when they come in and Mm -hmm. and there's like a class or something there's oftentimes food served either before or after there's Mm -hmm. water in there so while they're they're able to stay hydrated oh there's a film club Uh, they watch films and they talk about them (gasps) Uh, yeah there's so many things we're talking about doing a photography club soon we want to get one of those going we did a screenwriting uh, class with a working screenwriter um, there's some amazing un- um, Unfuck the World Day, uh, September 21st is happening here in Hollywood. Um, that's um, Micah Bot ba- is the um, the founder and director of a million drops, mm-hmm. and she has a larger nonprofit called Unfuck the World, and they do like a day of service or mm-hmm. like serving the world or, or humanity yeah. once once a year, and it's people around the world doing um, local actions and things. Uh, but yeah, um, a million drops really has made a difference in my life. Like they helped me a full-time job Mm -hmm. at wash on western through the place where they do some laundry voucher programs and things um they helped me with podcasting because i had been on the street for like a year and Mm -hmm. was encountering all of these like stereotypes about myself and Mm -hmm. people kind of telling me or going well there must be something wrong with you or you're just making bad choices or whatever you know not acknowledging that like i had a full-time job and i was working overtime and i still couldn't afford a room right like to rent anywhere like it was just I wasn't able to make ends meet and once i realized that i couldn't buy into that you know narrative of oh i'm gonna go out and get it oh i'm maybe i'm not supposed to maybe i'm just supposed to create and maybe this is like my vulnerable time of life where like things you know sometimes vulnerability happens so creativity can happen and that's when i went to micah and i was like okay she believes in me she knows that i'm brilliant (laughs) she still sees it she's not creating these weird narratives about me And I said, I really want a podcast again. I know I can do that. And I did it in a really small town. What if I did it here? And what if we did it around homelessness? And we came up with the name of Real Good Stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's about to start airing. We recorded uh, almost 20 episodes while I was sleeping on the ground. And I would get up and I would go to A Million Drops. Yeah. And it would just be amazing because I would sit there and have these conversations with people You know, some of them are surviving homelessness themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, as most of our, you know, participants at a million drops. I mean, there are some people that come in and volunteer, or take classes that, Mm -hmm. you know, are housed themselves or whatever. But most of us are surviving homelessness. And it was just so powerful for me to do something again Mm -hmm. that I knew I could do. Yeah. that wasn't tied to money that wasn't right. tied to my survival that was just tied to like I need to know I'm a real person again everybody's dehumanizing me everybody's telling me all of these things about my story and I can't access services despite all of this money and all of these people that I've been in touch with and just the roadblocks and the the things that I've encountered and that's not just a um, that's not just my story like there's yeah. so many people that have this story trying to access services and it just it breaks my heart because I'm like I'm a queer gentrifier from Koreatown in 2000. Like I mm-hmm. remember moving into that neighborhood, at, well, we're near where Rachel lives at mm-hmm. the Vermont and Beverly mm-hmm. Station, and it being, you know, being one of the only white people in the neighborhood, right. and talking to the people that are you know that were living outside, and some of the people that I begin to become friends with, and um, you know, losing a losing a ex-boyfriend to suicide that Mm -hmm. you know was living in the same neighborhood and just couldn't take it anymore and was just fed up with the world and he just went to go live on the street and it was just like you know I just acknowledging that like before Mm -hmm. like all of this and then now kind of being in this situation and going oh wow like this is like what they were talking about like when you like hit the sidewalk like people treat you different like it's one thing to be like they call it dry homeless, like people who are sleeping on a sofa or like couch surfing or mm-hmm. you know cohabitating in like an Airbnb with like however many people. Yeah, um, it's something different when you don't really have a place to go and you're carrying around your bags. Yeah, people treat you in a completely different way. Yeah, um, it's really disturbing, and I'm trying to figure out how to get out of it. And
0: yeah, it's
2: it's bizarre.
0: It is it is bizarre, and like there there have been so many artists that have like tried to do similar things with within like their artwork. Um, I can't remember the artist name. There was specifically this woman that was like that was taking photographs of of homeless men. Um, that and like it was it was consensual. It was everything was like um, everything was above yeah. above board. Uh, but she was also paying them, so it's like. Did they really want to do this or did they just need the money? Yeah. You know, and it's like it's one of those things where it's like It's a
2: power and privilege thing, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like I I used to work in Koreatown. I just I just stopped working there um not too long ago. But I I would I was working at the Line Hotel and I would see and because it's right across the street from the uh Normandy stop on yeah. the purple line um, I would see homeless folks all the time or people experiencing homelessness. Yeah. Sorry for, It's okay. I try, I try. Yeah,
2: and you just did. And that was, yeah. beautiful. It was a beautiful moment for the <laughs> listeners. You know, <laughs> our language matters and yeah. you know, how, what we say to people and, and you know, and interrupting ourselves and being willing to learn and being willing to understand like, yeah. Thank you for yeah. that.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would, I would pass by people that were experiencing homelessness all the time. And it was, it's always this thing of like, do I leave them alone? Um, do I try to help to do something? And a lot of it is like, just treat them like a fucking human being right. because that's what they are. Yeah. yeah. They're human beings. We're
2: fucking human beings. Okay. <laughs> Seriously though. And that's the weirdest thing I didn't, I didn't understand, mm-hmm. you know, in my privilege and in my power before I was on the sidewalk in November of 2017. And I was like, whoa, yeah. this is weird to be a frontline advocate and be in a situation and kind of to know that it was coming but like hey I'm from Oregon like I know how to camp I know how to sleep under the stars <laughs> like I've been homeless before as a poor student like I can live through this
0: Yeah.
2: but I was not prepared for the stigma the social stigma and it's not from NIMBYs I keep telling mm-hmm. people that it's not from NIMBYs it's from advocates it's from yeah. people that I've gone to church or I go to church with it's from people that you know have asked me like but you're so clean I mean now I'm in interim housing <laughs> so I have access to a shower with my two roommates but yeah. like it was like, you're so clean or like, oh, you make eye contact. Like, yeah. you can, you you're know, like there's you're hun- so
0: eloquent. Yeah.
2: There's so many people <laughs> like me that like right. it just it's 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 a series of events that happened. And there's a ser- there's a, a list of series of events of mine that like led to the. But like, it's not like I'm some vagrant, like degenerate, like transient who. No, I've had multiple apartments and they're really super cute.
0: You know, I
2: mean, they've been super cute apartments, but I I just I'm really I'm really about service. And we recorded a podcast for Real Good Stuff with Robert Galinsky from The Bench Play. And we talked about that, about the currency of service and advocacy and Mm -hmm. showing up for people and our privilege Um, and realizing like. Why that's so important to be in solidarity with people because in this world where we're on our electronics so much and everybody's so busy and people are working multiple jobs because mm-hmm. i didn't even think about the people who were housed i was going to these churches and people were praying about these i love the episcopal church but they're praying <laughs> they're praying about people who are homeless and i'm the homeless and i'm like have you thought about like there's actually people showing up at your church who are the homeless yeah and maybe getting to know their names and Not just inviting them in, but really engaging with them and really, really, really getting to know them, you know, and talking to them and being present with them. And I mean, we all have boundaries and things, you know, and things like that, but kind of understanding that, like, they're coming looking for community, too, just like you did. Yeah. You know, and acknowledging that and talking about, like, it's not just like with gun violence and things. It's not just about praying about it. Like, let's the biggest thing for me was social isolation. Mm hmm with surviving homelessness it was mm-hmm. it was that not being seen that not and that triggered that triggers my PTSD because yeah. that goes back to my you know abuse and things growing up as a queer you know yeah. individual on yeah. a, in a small town on the southern Oregon coast so it's like I felt my whole life growing up not seen and being told that who I was you know wasn't valid and wasn't real and mm-hmm. I just had something wrong in my head and if that just changed that everything would be different I'm 45 and it hasn't changed now I'm and it ain't gonna yeah it's not going to it's not going to and I'm gonna invite more and more people whether it's you know on podcasts or in person or at meetings or in church or on the sidewalk or wherever in the housing that I'm in to engage people in conversation and really like when we have breakdowns of communication understanding that Oftentimes, we're more alike than we are different. Yeah. And like sometimes, some of the best connections that I've had with people in my life are with people who I didn't get along with when I first met them because we didn't understand each other. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I, mm-hmm. Bo Delight, we yeah. immediately like. Oh, grassroots yeah. Gilmore's we were like fast talkers we're yes. like we were, <laughs> we were in it
0: like locked eyes we're like let's converse yeah. like let's do this let's spill some tea you let's got talk the about logical shame.
2: side I got the emo <laughs> side <laughs> we're like but we're both a little bit the other so yeah. it's good yeah Um, and I feel seen and like witnessed with you and I did that that happened at the community meeting right yeah. like I figured out like we'd only converse through email and I knew who you were just because of the way that like you were aware of people in the room in yes. the space right <laughs> yes. and I felt that in your email as well that you were very aware of like being sure that I knew how to get into the building mm-hmm. and just everything and it was just like so like wow this is so awesome you know <laughs> because so many times there's so much bureaucracy in you know nonprofit work or advocacy mm-hmm. or whatever it's like you want to engage and Chevelle and I and some of the other st- you know, people in the podcasting class have been talking about this idea of enthusiasm mm-hmm. and like, that's, what's so great about podcasting is you can just do it. Yeah. You can just yeah, sit down yes, and talk. Right. Yes, right?
1: I, I just, uh, if you don't mind me oh, I'm yeah. no, um, I know this is your guys' moment, but, um, <laughs> there's so much being said and so much I can say. So, um, it's just going back to like million drops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of people don't know when, when you don't have a home, you know, I'm putting like quotes outside my <laughs> print, whatever. When you don't have an actual home to go to, you know, and you have these people that you can go to and you can take these classes and just kind of forget the problems that you have every day, mm-hmm. it makes you feel like there is a home or there are people that care for me, mm-hmm. even though at the moment I'm living underneath a bridge or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, that's the wonderful thing that people don't understand about Million Drops, that it becomes your adopted home or it becomes your home, you know. It, it There's a place where you can go and people Mm -hmm. really care about you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all want at the end of the day Really? We want to know somebody's still there with us Mm -hmm. even though we're going through all this dilemma and all these emotional upheavals within ourselves and people around us That we want to know there's some kind of stability somewhere.
0: Yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this as a housed person um, Somebody that's never experienced what what you guys have gone through mm-hmm. um i i grew up in a house where i did not feel at home i came right. from a background of childhood trauma like i i was taught that i didn't matter you know and so when i was finally able to escape that and be around people that i cared about and could feel that solidarity that that Absolute authentic care mm-hmm. that's when I felt at home. like I feel at home when I go to work when I'm around my coworkers that have said to me, I'm happy that you're here where it's like it just makes you like for me, home is other people mm-hmm. yeah. and that's that's a lot of like what's kept me going for a really long time with a lot of like the mental health issues that that I have. It's like like I need I need other people. we're social mm-hmm. creatures. Yeah. And we need we need other people to feel yeah, totally um agree on that. to f- and like i've I would like to think of myself as a very autonomous person that like mm-hmm. doesn't need other people, <laughs> but like sometimes we do yeah, like sometimes we do we do, we do. Yeah.
2: yeah we're human beings we're meant to be connected right Yeah. because obviously like right it's important, and eye contact is such an important characteristic and principle of community organizing, yeah right, and these one on ones and these connections with people and If it wasn't for Micah Mm -hmm. at a million drops, I would have given up. Yeah. I would have so given up multiple times. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why I'm in the adult FSP, the full supportive partnership program. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not because everything has been great these last two years. Everything has been really hard. And, like, I I tried to run away from home for the first time when I was, like, age five. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know, like, for, like, knowing that, like, (laughs) I was not, like, welcome as... A queer person mm-hmm. in that environment not just in my home but in like white supremacist kkk southern oregon it's beautiful yeah. up there but it's super white supremacist mm-hmm. and i just knew i wasn't wanted and yeah. i wasn't welcome there and i couldn't wait for the opportunity to get out and then yeah. going back there living there as an adult it was really interesting to kind of see the difference like with the last president Mm -hmm. and this current president Mm -hmm. and, like, this kind of weird divergence because I was was in my hometown in Southern Oregon for, like, four years and two of them on the side where my dad died were with the previous president and then Mm -hmm. the last two or a year and a half were with this... And I was like, oh. And all of a sudden, all of this hatred that I think was already there, like, it started exposing itself more and I started feeling... I started feeling... even more confined because I was creating things and I was doing things and you know when I get sad or you know traumatic things happen to me I create groups of people yes. I like bring people together yes. and like things happen <laughs> and um it, it I watched it happen a lot in the four years after my dad's death in my hometown and like gardens sprouting up with like no fa- I mean like I mean it was just there were there were there's a community garden in my hometown without a fence you know in this town of seven thousand people in southern oregon and there's multiple of them and people can just and people were like what if people steal the vegetables and it's like oh my gosh then they get to eat
0: yeah
2: like wasn't that the purpose yeah for the purpose because guess what when you pick something from a plant guess what another one gets to grow By stepping out of the way or moving out of the way, right? Yeah. By moving out of the way, we allow everyone to participate. Yes. You know? And it's so important. It's why I wanted Chevelle to come here today, because he's learning. I wanted him to see what this was, because, like, I'm... I'm a guest on a podcast. I haven't been a guest on a podcast since
0: 2015. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, Delight. (laughs) Welcome, Delight. It's great
2: to meet you, my fellow grassroots Gilmore. (laughs) This is going to be so fucking awesome. I can't wait. I'm so excited about just connecting with a new group of people who, you know, like you said, are housed. But, like, I think we're all, like, whether it's whiteness or, like, class Mm -hmm. or, you know, gender or you know I hate the term sexuality but like Mm -hmm. what our preferences are and things like that like unpacking that and acknowledging that and like I've had to do a lot of that and you know being homeless and kind of realizing that like not everybody has like an iPhone you know that someone else thankfully in my family has an iphone family plan and i am able to i wouldn't be able to afford a phone like this that mm-hmm. with data you know and be able right, to do the right, organizing right. you know and i've got that like even though the relationship can be you know a family can sometimes be traumatic i still have that relationship even though like i don't have a home and acknowledging that like some people don't have anybody yeah, yeah. and like what must that feel like even if you're inside like What does that feel like if you're by yourself right now in this world with thinking about, well, I'm just going to say it outright. The Nazis rounded up homeless people and arrested them and took them away. Like we're so like we're so like we're teetering on the edge of like fascism in like a way that like I didn't think was possible. Yeah. And I'm terrified to think that it's actually like we're here at this tipping point Mm -hmm. it's so important the work that we're doing it's so important like to interrupt the common narrative interrupt the common stereotype interrupt the narrative that homeless people are dangerous interrupt that like we're all addicts housed people are addicts yeah you know and let's stop shaming addiction yeah let's start talking about the trauma and things behind that you know let's start having open conversations and, and also like you said with consent and being honest like hey what we're about to talk about might you know might be, like, really upsetting for some people and you might want to be aware if you have some trauma around certain things, like, maybe this isn't the, you know, not yeah. that we're talking about that now, but, right. you know, just yeah. being aware that, like, people people have been through some shit and yeah. this world can be really hard and coming to LA can be really hard, yeah. right? <laughs> and yeah, it just, we show up with a lot of identities and um, I can definitely say this time coming back to LA from when I came here in 96 I was ashamed for being gay mm. when I first came here. And it was at yeah. a Pacific University. That was my entrance through music, um, attending music there, uh, school for music there as a voice major. Mm-hmm. And I was there for two years. And I remember leaving. And I remember not knowing what I was going to do. But my parents were going through a really kind of weird divorce. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm just going to stay in LA. I don't know what I'm going to do here.
0: Yeah. The siren is a coming. The siren's a coming. <laughs>
2: the siren is a coming.
0: I'm going to take this opportunity to drink some tea.
2: We're going to take this opportunity to thank Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Our new sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Not, Not <somebody> a sponsor. <laughs> Red Bull. Red Bull. We love
2: you not a sponsor of Red Bull but you should be I've drank so much Red Bull I'm like the Alyssa Edwards of podcasting I drink so, <laughs> I drink so much Red Bull can we not edit that part out I, I won't, <laughs> I won't. But you could be like my Vivian Panay Chevelle <laughs> you'll like bring me my Red Bull with like a straw I'm just kidding I love you Alyssa Edwards um, but it just it's so being in community with folks and just being present with people because so many people are going through things whether it's with mental health or you know losing people to like the opioid crisis or Mm -hmm. all these other like things that are just happening in our world you know it just you know just being present with people and just acknowledging that like you don't we don't know like what that eye contact and that and that listening even if it's for like five minutes can mean to somebody at the bus stop or in the store and just being patient and kind with people and taking that moment to breathe and go okay Like, do I want to react out of anger and out of hate, which there seems to be a lot of manifesting in, Mm -hmm. you know, myself and the world and everywhere? Or, like, do I want to take that breath and recenter myself and come from a place of love and a place of compassion and a place of understanding? Because the world needs a lot more of that. It needs Mm -hmm. a lot more of this, like, connection and bringing people in and teaching people what we've learned. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how we've survived for thousands and thousands of years. We're not going to survive by... A few of us just hoarding everything and othering people and yeah. just you know creating stereotypes and narratives for them and making them feel like they're not human beings because we are I'm a, yeah. I'm a human being, right we all we all are important. We all deserve dignity and respect and love. and yeah, I think when we can't come to that place I think and I think people don't yeah.
1: realize too like like with you, Scott. I mean, people don't realize if Scott had given up, Anytime, if you had given up any time during your path and you had said, you know what, this is too much for me, right at this moment, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. I mean, because he decided, you know what, I'm not giving up. These circumstances are heavy, and they're like too much maybe for me at the moment, but he didn't give up, and he came to a million drops, gave his classes, inspired me, so I would get up every morning, and I would have to go do something that interests me, and made me feel like my life mattered something too. So I mean everybody matters. It's just that people would just understand that every little drop, every person, every person around us has something to say and something to give to someone. If we would just take the time to just have like like you said, Scott, which was wonderful, just have some empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just take the time to, you know, realize, well, what is it like being in that person's shoes for a moment? You know, mm-hmm. what are they going through? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are they really feeling? You know, so I just want to thank you, Scott, for everything mm. you've done in my mm-hmm. life, you know, to get me to this point. Because if it wasn't really for you, there's days probably I would have just said, what am I going to do? You know, and so Scott decided to give his podcast classes, inspired me, and look at where I'm at now. Yeah. All because he didn't give up. Yeah. I didn't give up. You didn't give up. Yeah. And
2: people, you know, there's been people, you know, there with me because my tendency, like when I want to give up because of, you know, PTSD and different things, is mm-hmm. to isolate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. I'm so not that, but I get that way. My introverted side really comes out. And I, I want, and it's why I kind of ha- being in interim housing right now and having a bed and air conditioning to retreat to and a spot where, like, the staff goes, oh, hey, You can stay home today. Like, you can stay home. Like, they call it home. Like, I just talked to the director earlier. We're talking about mental health access for me and some therapy stuff that I'm going through with being stalled. And it was like, she referred to it as home. And it was just like, I haven't felt for a long time that feeling of connection with people. Yeah. And it's just so interesting because, like you said, like, home can be a really loaded word for some of us. Mm -hmm. And. So it's easy to ask, oh, what happened? Well, let's go back and talk about, you know, what happened and why home for me is really traumatic because once I got into four walls and the immediate needs subsided, like going to the, getting to the bathroom and Mm -hmm. showering and, you know, food sometimes and things like that, all that subsided. All of a sudden, all of this like trauma around like being in four walls and the memories Mm -hmm. and the thoughts and the, oh, I'm getting a good night's sleep now, so... Like the night terrors that I've struggled with through my life, Mm -hmm. you know, nature, nurture, what is it? You know, those were able to start coming back because I was getting full night sleeps again instead of sleeping on the ground. And it was like, oh, oh, I didn't stop having nightmares. I just wasn't sleeping deep, you know, and it's funny, but it's not funny, you know, and it's like and it's really hard because we don't think about that. And we don't think about like the trauma that we inflict. You know, I don't think anybody, you know, intended you know, at APU at Azusa Pacific or in my growing up experience or anywhere to inflict any trauma on me to make me feel bad about being queer. I really think that they were really they were really trying to bring me to Jesus. You know, yeah. they were really trying to their bring me to their under, Yeah, their intentions yeah. were good and I had to keep every time someone would frame it that way for me, I would have to say, No, I really like I wanna be like especially with my mom and other people like that. I want to try to be in community with those people, you know, yeah. because it's so important. Um, some people we can let go and I think that's yeah. necessary but acknowledging that like most of us really are trying to do the best that we can mm-hmm. and most of us we are in this together yeah. we really are absolutely oh Delight you're awesome
0: thank you so are you
2: and Chevelle I think you're <laughs> awesome too you wore that fabulous top hat again <laughs> yeah. thank I know which everybody can yeah. see yeah. the way I'm dressed thank you it's for awesome thank you for uh, coming today here to um, listen in and just kind of be here and be present, and yeah. I really appreciate you showing up and learning. Thank you. And it just—it's what I love about podcasting. It's so not—it's uh, very horizontal. It's a very horizontal oh, yeah. medium, and it's very organic. And I mean, this was very last minute. Like Chevelle wasn't planned to be here. We just like—I yeah. was like, "Oh, I think this would be really cool." I've been thinking about it. Let me invite him.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and I trust my instinct. And next time, I'll trust my other instincts about inviting people places. I forget that that people want to. People want to engage. Yeah. And I think it's important to give people the opportunity to like choose whether or not. Like my friend Jake, that I brought to the Mm -hmm. community meeting that night, he was completely shocked. He goes, Oh, I didn't know that's what we were going to. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, That was hardcore. They're like real, like they're real organizers. I'm like, Yeah, bro, huh? Like it was just so (laughs) rad. But it kind of, I think it opened his mind as well. Like, you know, having hope of, you know, there are really folks out there that are working. You know, there are folks out there that are, you know, working to kind of keep the 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 norm and all of those things going and then there are those of us that are really like doing the counter narratives yeah and really like opening the space for that so thank you Bo delight for doing that i'm excited
0: yeah and thank you to ground game for like just having that space and that facility like i've i've been going to i've been a part of ground game since april of this year and from day one i never felt like my voice was less than anyone else's. Yeah. And like there've been people that have been with Ground Game since the beginning, something like 2 years ago, I think, 2 or 3 years ago, and they will always have space for mm-hmm. new voices. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the the best things in my experience about Ground Game is like you have a voice and there's room to make mistake Uh and nobody's gonna like shame you in making a mistake or like not hitting a point um in in like the way that oh i'm losing my train of thought (laughs) my brain is melting. you mean we're human yeah we're human (laughs) um yeah like nobody's going to like shame you for not knowing an assembly bill that's up Oh, yeah, (laughs) because like so many people I've had a lot of friends that I talked to ground came about and they're like, but with like city politics, like I have no idea with the numbers and like the assembly bills. And I'm like, I don't know either. Like they tell us. Yeah, they they know. They know. (laughs) I just went to
2: I went to listen just to feel energized and recharged and know that there really are people that are organizing in a way that. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, uh, people have at, I'll go. I'm like, no, I feel more like, I feel like the being out there, like talking to people. One, I'm like, I'm I'll go. I've yeah. I've like been a chant leader at marches yeah. before, and like you know, I've I've shut meetings down <laughs> myself. Um, but that's usually like a spur of the moment thing that's not really planned for me. It's more right. like someone goes, oh hey, this is happening, and I'm a fire sign, and I just get really energized and yep. I go yep. and like go all in. Um, but just also kind of acknowledging that my personality is so strong that sometimes it's better for me to like be the listener and have those like
1: mm-hmm.
2: important, like powerful conversations with people to kind of shift things mm-hmm. and acknowledge that like there's the gift of, you know, going to the meeting like Sabrina Johnson does and some of these people do and go to these meetings and they show up and they talk to people and they stand there with their signs. I'm mm-hmm. um, a little bit, and I'm also nervous, you know, b- someone who's unhoused, you know, doing that. I'm a little scared because I'm in a precarious situation and, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't really have permanent housing yet. I don't really Mm want to, you know, I've never been incarcerated. I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want to risk that. Yeah. You don't
0: have the same, uh, privileges that, that some other, organizers have.
2: So once I'm housed arrest me <laughs> <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can I'm ready. <laughs> Social transformation all the way. <laughs> all power to the people.
0: But like we but we need both. We need both yeah, of Yeah, We totally people. do, yeah. Because it's like we need the people that are informed on the on the legality side. Um that way we have the resources of like what's happening behind the scenes what is the government trying to hide from us Oh my gosh. um or like what are they trying to like keep quiet like they'll like they won't announce things until 72 hours which they can legally do so it's like all right so we have 72 hours to round up as many people that have the same passion for this one thing to show up and let them know like hey we're not going to stand for this so, like, we definitely need both sides. We need mm-hmm. the people that, that know all the legal mumbo-jumbo, and then we need all the people that are, like, ready to raise some hell and yell at government officials. <laughs> yeah,
1: put a little pressure on them and let them know that um, there's people out there that are concerned on, on everyday yeah. activities that the government's doing. Because yeah. they want to go... They want. I'm sorry. And no, they just yeah, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm concerned, too. Yes. They just want to go by know. and just do whatever they want to do. And, yeah. and, and, and people like us that have these these feelings and these these strong feelings toward the government and and we want to make something matter, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to know what they're doing too, so that way we can work together and get something done.
0: Yeah, because they're supposed to be representing us. It's our voices that they're supposed to be representing, so why not listen to them?
2: And how many people showed up yesterday at that LA County Board of Supervisors meeting and how many people spoke in opposition to what was happening Mm -hmm. the Ninth Court right, the Superior Court or whatever. The Ninth Superior Court says that this is not humane, that this is wrong, and they're still going to go forward with it. Mark Ridley Thomas, bless your heart if you hear this. Why? Why is someone of African descent, why would you be the deciding vote? Why would you be the vote that sends... Like, he knows that I've heard him speak. He knows racism. He knows gentrification. He knows mental health stigma. Those all contribute. If you've been down to Skid Row and on the day that this current presiding president mm-hmm. arrives in Los Angeles, they make this announcement. And then he's on social media hashtagging everyone in and at everyone in. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Not everyone. And this forced. In, there's because there's not enough shelter beds for everyone because the numbers with the loss accounts and all of that, yeah, that's way low. It's way super low. I've even talked with Timothy about that. How it's, mm-hmm. it's, they do it the coldest time of the year. People aren't outside. There's so many people on buses that time of year. Even now, yeah. there's people sleeping on the buses at night. Yeah. Every bus that you get on, there's so many people, and, and they're not like, They're not drug addicts. These are, like, older women. Yeah. These are immigrants. These are folks that, like, are seniors Mm -hmm. that are, like, older folks that, like, really, like, why are we treating our elders this way? Like, do we not think that, like, what we do comes back to us and that we're somehow not going to be held accountable that in our, our... desire for a nice beautiful city for the olympics and for all of these things and for all these people that might come to la and tourists we want things to look beautiful out their windows for them or whatever so we're gonna just again keep displacing people at one point koreatown and skid row and all of these places were out of sight and out of view but now that they're not no longer out of sight and out of view they want to push them out again and they want to move them and they want to clean it up and it really bothers me because it's like these are humans
0: yeah
2: like and it really seems to like someone that i know that's housed in a local organization shout out michael o'Shea <laughs> from sila you're rad hey, um <laughs> he he posted on social media about like does this feel weird to anybody and i'm like it feels weird to me like yeah. it feels weird to me that on the day that that he gets here This decision is made by the county supervisors when I'm that's not the that's not the words I'm hearing out of their mouths when they're speaking to the community, when they're speaking to folks that are working in homeless services. It's like they're playing two sides of it. Mm -hmm. And it frustrates me because it shows me that they're not for us. It shows me that we need to a random guy like recently friend requested me on social media. And I was like, I don't know who this person is. I didn't really look into who I just accepted Mm it. Yeah. Turns out that he's running against one of the supervisors who put this up with the uh, Martin versus Boise or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's running to unseat her.
0: Heck yeah.
2: And I didn't even, and I just like, I knew, but like it's my social, that's like, <laughs> that's the first tattoo I want to get is social capital. I want to change my name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was like, wow. Cause I, I'm really stunned that they would say so much about wanting to be present with people. And then Sheila Kuehl even like saying like, this is inhumane y'all. This is not okay. Like we need to treat people better. Yeah. These are human beings and if we really are serious about getting them inside let's really get them inside not through yeah. arresting them and criminalizing them and more creating like a cultural underclass that can't then you know access benefits or access the services that they need because then all of a sudden their life's falling apart again because you've incarcerated them and now they're a part of an underground economy because they've got all of that stigma on top of then being homeless on top yeah. of you know I feel <laughs> I feel oppressed by the bourgeoisie <laughs> Help. Um. Help. <laughs> Bo Delight, I need your help. <laughs> well, thankfully, Chevelle wore a cape today, so. Uh, yeah, if anybody can see well, I'm sort of super right here, but um, as people can super see, yes, I
1: wore a cape, and a little boy told me before I got up here, he said, oh my God, you look like you look like Batman. And I said, well, at least I feel like him. Mm-hmm. If I look yeah. like him, that's in your eyes. <laughs> well,
2: organizers really are, those of us that are working on this stuff whether it's mental health or housing or community building or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. podcasting, all of these things like we really are heroes, you know, and I'm really starting to see that like, like the people that are telling me how important it is, like the stuff, like the the stuff that I, all of the stuff that I'm giving up to Mm -hmm. do like what I do and stuff. um, Like it really does. Cause I was feeling for a while there that it didn't matter. And like nobody can, you know, when you're on the street, it's like, Oh my gosh, nobody cares. And then just realizing that, like, yeah, people have paid attention, like whether it was in my hometown or previous or even, you know, coming out at the at Pacific University and being like, oh, OK, you're going to shame me for being quit I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to play that game with yeah. you. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave. I'm going to let the cards fall where they will. Mm-hmm. I still don't have a music degree. If you're listening, I want to go to Chapman.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wanted to
2: go to Chapman forever. That was actually where I was going to transfer and study opera at Chapman. Oh, and yeah. I mean, who knows? I. I'm I mean, a, it's
0: also Long Beach. Long Beach is really good. Oh my gosh! Their yeah. opera program is great. I <gasps> personally, I went to Cal Arts, but for visual art,
2: I'm wearing my Urban Voices Project T-shirt. <laughs> shout out to Leah, <laughs> Sofer, and Aaron Alford from Urban Voices, and all of you, Urban Voices, if you're listening. Um, sorry. Um, speaking of music, yay! <laughs> Bo delight, whoopsie doodle. Yeah, shout out to Cal State Long Beach, and yeah, yeah. This has been rad. Thank yeah. you, Bo delight.
0: Thank you. I mean, there. I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about. Let's just, like, keep doing episodes between us. Can we? Yeah, I would love to.
2: Oh, my gosh. And then we can invite people to the couch?
0: Yes, I would love that. I mean, we'll also, like, give people a mic. Uh, sorry, Chabelle. Um, <laughs> He's got a mic. He's got a mic. It's just not on.
1: Oh, it's not on. No, oh, it's not on? No, it's not.
2: Whoops. Oh.
1: Whoops. Whoops. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll He knows be how to project prepared. too. I don't yeah. to <laughs>
0: we'll be better prepared next time for, for another person on the couch. Yeah, um, But yeah.
2: That would be rad. I would love
0: that The you, Grassroots
2: Gum Wars. Or another Gilmore. working title. I don't care.
0: I don't know. I like it. Um, and <laughs> shocker to the listeners Bodolite is not my real name. Scott, do you have like a name <laughs> that, that you would want to go by?
2: Scotty Appleseed, but we could come up with a new one.
0: I like it. I like Scotty apple seed.
2: Yeah. Well, I just I feel like I plant a lot of, you know, seeds and things where I don't always Robert and I talked about this in the podcast on Monday night with uh, real good stuff at a million drops that sometimes like we do things and we don't always know like what's going to become of it. Mm -hmm. We we plant trees like that saying like or that whatever aphorism we plant trees, you know, not being able to sit in their shade, but realizing that somebody else is going to in the future, you know, like.
0: I love that. Saying. I can't
2: wait to be thinking about like all of these people that, you know, whether they're taking the podcast class or not, like I'm sharing the material. I'm going to turn it into like an audio book, into like a podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, here's my here's my good practices that I've learned because yeah. people in the class are like, oh, are there these aren't hard and fast rules. There's none that I know of. No. Like, you can kind of just do it your own way. And I've heard everything imaginable. I just I know what I like and what I'm drawn to. Yeah. And I know what I think is um stuff that I return to is that real and that authentic kind of, you know, just two people sitting down and talking and, you know, when there is all of a sudden a helicopter or something else going <laughs> overhead, you know, it's like whoops, that's real life, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: life does not stop. Yeah. Just because we're in a recording studio. Every every everything's <laughs> a gift. Robert
2: said something really important everything is a gift and it's like saying yes to things and like acknowledging like I won't say everything because I think yeah. consent is important but yeah. but saying yes to things you know opportunities when they present themselves and then looking at things as gifts and yeah. understanding that like you know podcasting for me and all these other opportunities are gifts because someone invited me to the laundromat you mm-hmm. know to meet Micah I didn't even know what I was getting myself into yeah. I didn't know that she was going to lead me in back into podcasting I mean we're yeah. developing a business card now and developing a scott at org email. I didn't think this was going to happen. <laughs> A logo even. I'm really like, so if you're listening to this and you want to reach out to me at Scotty Appleseed on Instagram or Facebook and <laughs> let me know logo ideas for Real Good Stuff. Um, it just, it's amazing. I never really thought, you know, yeah. like ending up on the sidewalk was going to open so many opportunities for yeah. me. And I'm really grateful for Ground Game, thank you. And thank you, Bo Delight and Chevelle and to Micah from A Million Drops. Like that was just, this whole thing is I've been practicing interviews as well since running mm-hmm. away from home at age five. Yeah. I've been practicing interviews for at least that long.
0: Oh yeah, and no, I definitely yeah. would be like the the hairbrush as a microphone accepting my Oscar and like <laughs> thinking people in the mirror. I was that kid. <laughs>
2: I was walking up and down the beach in Southern Oregon, like having like talk shows. Oh (laughs) my God, I love it. Conducting talk shows while the waves were coming in and laughing at my feet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get swept away. But my (laughs) guest, my imaginary guest, really loves this show. And she's been back. This is her 13th time. She's the Alec Baldwin of my episodes.
0: (laughs) I love it. Oh my God, I love it so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank and you. I just
1: wanted to shout out real quick yeah. that um, thank you for letting me like hang out with all of you and just uh, listen to this beautiful conversation that we're having. And of course, to Scott, you know who's just always been a really good person to me because he gave me the opportunity to do this. And so um, I think we all need to have a platform to express who we really are, or what we would like to express who we are. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank um, Bo. I'd like to thank Bo and Scott and, and, and thank you so much for yeah. allowing me to be here and witness all this. Thank you, sure.
0: Chevelle, for being here. I yeah. swear, next time if you come in here, we will give you a mic. I'm okay. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good.
2: We didn't know. I was just thinking that it'd be fun if he wanted to listen. I, I wasn't sure if he would yeah. want to like get on, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want to put yeah. him on the spot. So We didn't know, but here um, we but are. But it's good.
0: But we know next time.
2: And we're on the spot. <laughs> yeah. That's a great name, too. That
0: is a good one. Anyway. On the spot with the grassroots
2: Gilmore's oh my gosh yes <laughs> oh, we're brilliant and we both snap into the microphone this is we're a dangerous combination we're coming for you Los Angeles
0: <laughs> watch so out so be ready be ready um alright I think I think we're good to wrap this up awesome. until next time until next time brother there delight. will there will definitely be a next time <laughs> lots of next
2: times solidarity Bo
0: thank y'all solidarity to you bye, Scott everyone. bye Chevelle yeah. and thank you uh Ground Game listeners uh for tuning in to Grand Game LA Podcast at SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know your life. (laughs) Uh, But
2: we want to. But we
0: we want to. Uh, This has been Beau Delight with Scott and Chevelle. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time.